Hey friends, my name is Bobby and I have a new life in Christ and I'm recovering from pride and materialism. I'll start by giving you guys a little background on my life before Christ, but first let's pray. God, uh, thank you for what you've done in my life and thank you for being gracious enough to pursue me and everyone in this room. Would you use this time to glorify you and draw others closer to you in Christ's name. Growing up, my dad was a Navy officer, and my mom was a flight attendant, so we moved around a fair amount, which taught me to adapt to new surroundings at a young age. I was always striving to earn respect in the classroom through sports or mold into the cool crowd, whatever that meant at whichever school I was attending at the time. I would have said I was a Christian growing up, but we only went to church a couple times a year, and I really only acknowledged God when I wanted something from him like not getting eaten by a shark surfing, or to win the lottery. There was no relationship between me and the Lord, and I was essentially my own God, mentor and authority. Jesus felt like a story instead of friend and Lord. I went to church camp several summers where God definitely pursued me, but I was more concerned with other things like girls, the blob, fishing, and what everyone thought of me. I was somewhat shy and very self-focused, which prevented most relationships from being anything more than superficial. I always did my best to avoid conflict and allow, or allow anyone to see my emotions. Part of my managing of relationships involved deception and avoiding real conversations with friends and family. Looking back, I was more afraid of letting them know what was going on inside of me for fear of rejection and letting people down. We like to call that people-pleasing. Where I first remember these patterns becoming a problem was in fifth grade when an older friend introduced me to pornography one afternoon while we were skateboarding. He told me that all the older guys look at this stuff, so naturally I was curious and thought I needed to check it out in order to fit in. Little did I know that a porn addiction would, uh, and its impacts would impact me for the next 15 years. When my family moved from California to the swamp of Louisiana, just before high school, I remember driving across the country thinking my life was over. It was quite a culture shock. To deal with the new environment and try to fit in with my new friends, I began abusing alcohol, drugs, and women. Friends with older siblings would let us party with them, and this combined with what I was seeing on TV and the internet led me to believe that life was found in the party scene. All the while, I still tried to work hard in school, uh, academically and in sports, uh, while making sure that my parents knew absolutely nothing about my social life and anxiety-filled thought life. In 2005, my dad and I rode out Hurricane Katrina in our home in New Orleans. It was quite the experience, but it came at a time in my life when the recreational use of drugs and alcohol started turning into something more destructive, more intense. I started to spend times with friends who would die from overdoses less than a year later. Looking back, we were all just looking for either life or escape in narcotics, and I sure am glad that I didn't find either permanently. Because our school was flooded, I moved back to California to live with close friends and their family. Not surprisingly, and apart from Christ, this only slowed down my destructive habits. They really just evolved to include more destructive relationships with women in various forms through the rest of high school. They were magnified in college and after graduating college. I tell people frequently that replacing junk with anything other than Christ 
likely just leads to more junk. If you don't believe me, read Matthew 12, 43 through 45, where Jesus warns us of replacing unclean spirits or junk with other unclean spirits instead of him. That's essentially what I did. In Dallas and with the start of a career after school, I felt more so than ever that I could do whatever I wanted. Proverbs 11:12 says that when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. I was in control over my life, or so I thought, and I thought if I worked hard enough, I could experience or buy anything I wanted. In reality, I was caught in a death spiral of people wanting me to, uh, of wanting people to like me and to feel important and being too fearful to share what was really going on in my life with those who genuinely cared about me. To cope with the emptiness, I partied harder and worked harder at my career, but the more I partied and worked to build my kingdom, the emptier I felt. I was a disgrace, and when I woke up after a debaucherous couple weeks at the end of 2013, I literally was at the end of my rope. I felt awful, I felt hopeless and ashamed, and I remember thinking that if this is what the world has to offer, I don't want it anymore. I couldn't understand how I've still felt empty, hurt, and lost after tasting all the things this world sold me as life-giving. Then God, then God showed up in the form of an ex-girlfriend who was a Christ follower. At coffee one day, she started asking me about my faith and clearly saw that I was struggling. She told me to check out this place some of her friends went Tuesday nights called The Porch and suggested that it would be a good place to meet some other young adults in Dallas. The following Tuesday, a friend and I went, and I was amazed, uh, like we've heard before, that the speaker was open and sharing his struggles and the freedom that he had found in Christ. After sitting in the back and doing my best to avoid conversations with as many people as possible, a faithful volunteer engaged me and asked me if I knew I was going to heaven. <sighs> I said probably because I was a good person. What I really meant was that I thought I could do good enough and be better than most people. And surely God would see that as worthy of eternity. God, through that friend, used Romans 6.23 to get through to me. An achievement-minded finance major and the good news of Christ finally made sense. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I realized that all the stuff I had been doing to earn people's approval and make myself feel worthy had earned me death, destruction, and hopelessness. But God, being rich in mercy, had planned to give me a free gift of a new life in Christ if I would just slow down, repent, receive the gift, and follow him. I understood that I couldn't be good enough and was powerless to control my own life. I had just experienced that. What I didn't understand was how quickly God was going to provide those things for me. I kept going to the porch, even went on Sundays to church, and I started saying yes to things like Bible study or summit to learn more about God and his plan for my life. One Sunday at the end of a message on the importance of having other believers around you, like Jeff just talked about, I bumped into an old fraternity brother, um, and he was one of those guys who was different in college because he was a Christ follower and had God helping me, him when his idiot friends, myself included, tried to get him to follow their debauchery. He just happened to have a friend getting married in his community group and said that they would love me to come and meet the guys. And when I showed up the first Sunday night, I had no idea how much these men would impact my life. Uh, they, most of them ended up standing in my wedding. 
Here's a shameless plug. If you feel like you need people around you to encourage you when you're down and help you point to your true purpose in life, you are in the right place. One of the guys in my community group had been processing going to this place called Regen for a while, and I agreed to go with him if he needed some accountability. In reality, we both needed God to do a work in our lives more than we knew. And honestly, if I had known it was a 12-step program, I probably wouldn't have shown up because of how prideful I was. Um, But looking back, God used this uh, place in his word to dramatically change my life and change my understanding of how wonderful he is for the work on the cross. Remember that I had never shared emotions, certainly not blatant sin feelings with anyone before Christ. At this point, I was still super uncomfortable sitting in a circle with strangers the first few nights at Regen. But in God's perfect plan, he showed me in groundwork in steps one through three that following Christ and leaning not on my own understanding would lead to God making my path straight, something I clearly could not and was not doing on my own. I had been testing the past that God or that I had created for myself and remember too vividly the bitter tasting results. So I was convinced that God had me in the right place after the first couple months. Proverbs twenty four thirteen through 14 says, My son, eat honey for it is good. Yes, the honey from the comb is sweet to your taste. Know that wisdom is thus for your soul. If you find it, then there will be a future and your hope will not be cut off. In steps four and five, God used guys in my region, closed group, and community group to help me walk through two decades of hurts, bitterness, and sin that had accumulated in my life. Most of those issues I had never told anyone, but I but had tried my hardest to either forget them or deal with them on my own. Those months were humbling and difficult, facing the details of how my attempts to control my life had resulted in brokenness and destruction. God was kind to show me the depravity of my struggle with pornography, that all people are created in his image and have value and should not be exploited for selfish ambition. At the same time, he showed me clearly that he cared about me individually and his purpose for my life was greater than anything I could conjure up. As I dug into and confessed the vast majority of my resume of hurts and struggles to some of my closest friends in inventory, I started to tangibly feel better. In Acts 3.19, Peter encourages the crowd to repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Refreshing is the single best word I could relate to the feeling I had after confessing all my junk and knowing that I was actively turning from it and trying as best I could to walk out God's will for my life. In just a few months, I had learned what taking each day one, or each day one step at a time trusting him looked like. I learned that God's word could, not, could and should practically impact my everyday life. I learned most of my junk was just that, my junk, and that God offered me the opportunity to work with him while he repaired my junk. Isaiah forty three nineteen, 19, uh, God tells his people that he's doing a new thing, that he's making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. As someone who loves the outdoors, this verse impacted me more than I imagined, and it was more relevant as I was witnessing Christ turn my chaos and wildness into something life-giving and promising. That same year, God continued to free me from pornography, fear of man, and materialism. He also started giving me opportunities to serve him at that same 
porch ministry that he used to capture my heart. It was amazing to see God's faithfulness to change my desires as he helped me stop focusing on what I felt was important and started serving him where he had opportunities in Dallas. I learned that serving others was more enjoyable than focusing on myself through serving in South Dallas at Watermark's Unashamed Ministry. And I was fortunate enough to go on a couple trips to Haiti where I met people with far less materially than we have in Dallas, but who had far more joy in Christ than the average American Christian I knew growing up. Along the way, I also learned that Christians could have way more fun with way less regrets than the fun I had pursued before Christ. I got to lead an events team at the porch where we tried to create a place for people to come as an alternative to the bar scene, where they can meet God's people and see that life can be a blast without destructive partying. I remember several times sitting back in awe of what God has done and uh, that he would even use me in that capacity. Most importantly, I understood that his purpose in the world was good and that I just needed to walk in it. While God was changing my desires and pursuits, he dramatically changed my relationships. My family and I started having real conversations about life, God, and our emotions, which was really weird. I started to have empathy for people versus the old me that cared only about myself. I was meeting people that had a joy for life and also were fun to be around because they were walking in freedom, unashamed, you might say, in Christ. I met some of my best friends serving Christ in this city over the last few years, most notably my beautiful bride is somewhere in here with our kid. By God's grace, we dated for a year with purity, which is crazy, sharing our first kiss at the altar, and we, like I said, have an amazing 10-month-old who God has used to change. He's changed my view on how much he loves us. Hear me clearly when I say my wife and I struggle weekly to communicate and serve one another. We don't have a perfect marriage, but God has given us through this ministry, through friends and community, and a model and reconciliation through Christ to encourage us to use confession, forgiveness, and making amends when we're struggling. I can also tell you that the conversations I've had humbly with my mother and father, boss and close friends, even even a high school friend this morning, who I hadn't talked to in 10 years, where I seek their forgiveness and as best I can pursue reconciliation have result, resulted in incredibly catalyzing, bond-forming outcomes, proving that God is in the business of restoring relationships. After walking through steps 6 through, through 12 and seeing the healing that God brings through small steps of faithfulness, I see a small glimpse of his, his design for relationships to thrive, most of all with him. Fortunately, my wife and I have both tested and proven that the 12 steps, and here's a spoiler, these are just God's help for our imperfect selves to live as best we can with other imperfect people, and they help keep our marriage from unraveling every single day. In living out these steps in faithfulness, we end up the beneficiaries and blessed because they help us glorify God and live in right relationship with him. I want to conclude by sharing with you guys one of my favorite verses that I honestly wouldn't be able to walk in without God's model of living and his teaching me through Regen. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in matters of the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. 
That is our callings as Christians, to serve God and, to, and others humbly in the freedom that only Christ can offer. If you are new tonight, you, you know that my life not too long ago was a wreck, and God's calling for my life was unknown for me before walking into this place. I want to encourage all of you to give God a year. Trust in his path for your life. Let him regenerate your soul so that you can use your freedom in Christ to love and serve others. That is what God showed me through the, this ministry, and I pray you guys find that and walk in that calling. I, I know, and you need to know, that it will be tough. And this world and the enemy would love nothing more than to see you get distracted and discouraged along the way so that you give up pursuing your creator. I've been there and I've been tempted, but the good news is so is Jesus. For we do not have a high priest who is unwilling and unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. That's Hebrews 4.15. And God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will provide you a way out. That might be this place. The way out is walking with Christ. He has used region powerfully in my life and in my wife's life and in many of my friends' lives to draw us into a deeper relationship with him. That's all it's about. He offers that to every single one of us in this room. If you are not new tonight and are in the later steps or getting close to finish, whatever finished means, continue pursuing Christ. Continue showing up on Tuesday nights. Be bold and authentic to share what is really going on, even if it's the hundredth time that you've had to share the same struggle. And know that God can do amazing things in a relatively short amount of time when we submit to him. Thanks for letting me share with you guys tonight. My name is Bobby Center. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from trying to be my own God. God is the one that redeemed my life from the pit, and to him be the glory forever.